This week on the Podland Trailcasters. Test, test, testing, one, two, three. Test, 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 can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you, okay, yeah. Well, if you can hear me, then I can talk to you. But yeah, I'm not hearing you. He is here now. Now he's gone. He can't decide what he wants to do. Now he's back. What does it all mean? Nobody knows. Nobody knows what the hell Keith is doing. There's Keith still silent in the corner. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Boy, I think if you invest in a good mic, you you want it to at least be kind of in the screen a little bit. Like a little bit, like kind of peeking in? Yeah, yeah okay. you, want, you want people to see that you've invested in something. That's that's how I see it. He, he gives me the signal that we want to go to break, and I start a song. Then the next time we went to break, I came in with uh, the roof. The roof is on fire. <laughs> but what's your, what's, what's like, the top, top Metallica album? It changes mm. when you ask me. I'm flexible. For that. Anyway, we're not talking. It's not Blazer Talk. Let's go. Let's go. I got tapes. <laughs> All right, let's do it. All right, let's do it. Uh, oh, your, your mic's gone. Bluetooth headphones. What? Yeah. My mic's not gone. You turned your headphones off. Oh. They're dying. Get out of here. Oh, these died. These, these fully died. Like, I, I'm I, pretty I sure they did. My mic is fine. That's some disrespect. Either that or it's a boss move. I don't know which one. Like, you could, like, you could argue... I wouldn't, but you could argue. All right, all right. Uh, Please don't cancel me, Keith. You have all you have all the power on this recording to cancel me now. Let's do ourselves a quick. Oh, let's not hit the microphone. Let's do ourselves a quick three, two, one, clap. Hello, Rip City. To all of you in town and out of town and in every corner of the interwebs, thank you for tuning in. Here with you from Hood River, my name is Keith Feltner-Smith, and here with me again, I'm not alone this time, the on-time Hawaiian is back, the master of segues, Mr. Professional, Christopher Joseph Burkhardt, dad times three? I don't I, I, I was trying to, couldn't even think of what else to go for there, but congratulations, sir. Uh, I've heard. Since, uh, I've heard you've had time. a week. Yeah, or two. It's, it's been a long time since I've been on this yeah. podcast. I'm glad I'm still here. <laughs> well, yeah, man. Congratulations. I did. Uh, I did spoil the the surprise last week on the pod. I told everyone why you were out. Your family emergency. How dare you go have a a third newborn? Congratulations so much. Oh, that and, was and a welcome day. to the world, Tegan Burkhardt. So I go to work and everything. Again, I've been up four o'clock this morning. I'm running on fumes. I was supposed to do game day that day, too, so I was going to work until midnight. Anyway, it's 2.59. For those of you who, who listen to the show, the Rip City Drive starts at 3 o'clock on the dot. So Danielle calls me <laughs> at 2.59. Like, you got a second? I'm like, yeah, the, the show's about to start, so I call you back in, like, two minutes, because it's like... Once they get into the first segment, I can make a quick phone call, but it's like when the segment starts, right. I have all the buttons to push, make everything right. Anyway, she's like, oh, oh, okay. And so, like, the way she said it, like, I could tell that it was, like, urgent and she wanted to talk. Yeah. Yeah, so I can't wait two minutes. Yeah, so I put the phone down. <laughs> I put the phone down. I put it on speaker, and she tells me what I told you. She's like, yeah, so uh, they, they're suggesting I go to the hospital because I'm in labor. And I'm like, uh, oh what and like chad gives me a weird look because like i go to click the next button but click it late so there was like five seconds of dead air and he's giving me a look like what's going on bro i'm looking at him like just like deer in a headlight oh you're trying to bring up the show with the oh my god i'm literally trying to bring up the show as danielle tells me this i because again she called it 259 so she starts telling me this like right as the show goes live so anyway so we got to the first break and I, I go into their room and I go over the speaker. I'm like, yeah, Chad, we have a, we have a, we have some news. He's like, what? I tell him, and he's like, oh, can you at least get through the show? And, and the thing is, like, <laughs> that's not him being mean because, like, they're very, we're very short staffed there at the moment. Right. So yeah, he's like, can you at least get through the show? So he canceled the pre and post game show just right then. There, he's like, nope, wow. we're just not gonna do it. So you can get out of here. Just can't do it. Yeah, and uh, rather than like scramble and force someone else to come, so I left the, I left the studio at six o'clock. Got to the hospital at six thirty. You know, they uh, broke my wife's water at 7 because they were waiting until I got there, and she had a baby at 9.30. So <laughs> it's 
was like, wow. And again, welcome to Tegan, man. I, I can't wait to meet her and just, you know, happy for you guys. Beyond that, though, beyond uh, that that big part of the last week for you, Chris, you also had the debut of uh, of your own show. Yeah, you, have, you officially have a show on Rip City Radio. Courtside is dead along with Courtside yeah. Mondays, right? Yeah. So, like, you've got Courtside Mondays now. We had the debut last week. Every non-game day Monday, right, every, is the plan. Okay, so You'll this, be doing yeah. these every non-game day Monday. This is the deal. Yeah, we debuted on Monday with some hiccups. So the listeners on the podcast, <laughs> who I know were listening because you were messaging me in the Discord and all that, you have no idea how much I appreciate you all dealing with the, uh, the technical difficulties that we had there. They weren't my fault this time, which is always good. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so right now it's, um, it's Monday, every Monday, 6 to 7 p.m., uh, unless the Blazers are playing. So obviously right. they supersede. Um, there's a couple Mondays there where the Kraken are playing, so it might be a half hour show um, instead. But uh, I do possibly have the ability to supersede them a little bit and go into that hour. But mm. uh, it's cool. Okay. It's a really good opportunity and cool to be a be part of the courtside family because this is it, it, it's as I keep saying it with uh, Michael Shacker, hey. our big engineer producer, Jack of all trades over there, and Chad. Like this is. This is not a new show. This is a revamped show because courtside Mondays have been a thing since, uh, I mean, what the the Shans hey. and freaking Steve Jones hey. posted right. back in the day. Right. And then you had Trailblazers doing, taking it over from the network and doing their version, which was every as everyone knew was uh, Trailblazers courtside that over the years have been host by uh, Jay Allen has hey. done them and obviously uh, Mike Fulton, Jamie hey. Hudson has hosted hey. hosted a few episodes. Uh, everybody's been involved in that, but um, this past season ended up being the end of the Trailblazers produced version of that. So basically, course I'm dead, and you know, uh, opportunity came, and I think Chad saw that you know, hey, we have someone in the building who wants an opportunity. We should bring make sure Courtside lives on. So uh, Courtside's oh, yeah, side, awesome. living on, and uh, I posed the question uh, on our Discord, uh, and. I'll probably post it on uh, Twitter at some point as well, uh, since that's where I'm most active. But I really want to make this show unique. And I think one way to do that is to not necessarily just go the route of talk radio, which is every single week have, all right, this is this is our Blazer Insider. And then next week, this is the other reporter we have. And this is the, oh, we're playing the Knicks. Let's talk to, no, like, I think that that's cool, but let's, that's what everybody does. Um, so I posed the question in Discord about what you guys want to hear, and I'm going to take it all to heart. So if you have any particular people that you think you would like to hear interviewed on Courtside Mondays, hit me up on Discord, post it in the, the, the one channel that Keith created that I'm not upset that he did, the Courtside Monday channel <laughs> in our Discord. Uh, I was allowed to create a new channel. Yeah, hit me on <laughs> Twitter. Like, uh, I, I know I'm working on some things right now. Um, I had Jamie Hudson on um, our first episode because her and I go way back from the scoop and our time at NBC. Because of course, I didn't want. I, I told her if I'm going to debut on a show, I don't think there's anyone I'd, I'd want more than my old running mate. So that was great. Um, I know I've reached out and he has reached out to me, but we may have. Um, uh, friend of the show here that i know our discord members really enjoy reading or uh, reading and listening to but sean hyken may be joining me for a couple episodes i want to get jeff Curtin on the, the director of broadcasting yeah. to pick his brain about what goes into producing an entire basketball show i want to get yeah i want to get kevin calabro on i want to get travis demers on i want to get brooke olsen damn on but i don't want to ask them Oh, what do you think about the upcoming road trip? And what do you think about Dame's performance last week? Like, yeah, I want to get that. But I also want to pull back the curtain because I think fans want to know what goes into being the sideline reporter, bro. Like, what is your daily? What goes into being the play-by-play commentator versus being the guy who adds analysis as Lamar does? Like, what goes into your daily? Travis. What goes into your preparation for a radio guy? Because, like, again, I don't know how many people you know that he has a card that is no joke, like a like a 24 by 38 inches. Like, this thing is a it's just the size of a freaking wall that literally has every single note he needs for the game. Or I don't think people know that he, at home games, has a guy, but when he's on the road, they bring people on that are, like, his stat guys so that he has someone with him who can search for stats and things that he needs. 
And so my, I really want to take this show and like I said, pull back the curtain a little bit and let fans understand everything about the organization, not just the, you know, 15 guys on the roster that everybody goes to see, but right. maybe get a blazer dancer on there. Get the, get the, the person, yeah. get the person who coaches the blazer dancer, get Todd Bosma on there. And I know he's been on trailblazer sports side before, but again, it's good to listen to the guy who basically produces the in arena game and then get fans on there too when we can and um, use it as a great uh, springboard if you will because I know we have some really really loyal listeners and great fans of ours who uh, aren't just fans of the podcast or fans of the discord but are friends of yours and friends of the community who are doing some really cool stuff so maybe somewhere down the line it's where I can get some of you guys who are making merchandise or someone like Sheriff who's doing Rip City Trivia right. you know like get, get you guys on shout out because you're part of the Blazers too like you really are as, as like there, there there is no fans without the Blazers team but there's no Blazer team without the fans so you're all one in the same well it's it, honestly it's it's a lot of it's a lot of the same kind of I think angle we've taken with this podcast with you and I where you bring this perspective of professional influence and kind of professional insight and i bring kind of more of the the super fan the over exuberant kind of maybe less informed less statistically oriented uh uh perspective <laughs> and we blend that together for like you're saying kind of being, being for the every fan and I, I love the idea like you're saying getting those dudes in there who are making the whole, the whole ship run not just the players that everyone's focused on i love that idea and I'm I'm sure we're gonna have lots of people wanting to engage, wanting to get involved and in asking questions. So again, like Chris said, listeners, if you want to reach out to him on Twitter, go ahead and do that. But if you want the real inside track, if you want the exclusive <laughs> insider connection angle on getting yeah. to Chris, getting into these conversations, not just with Chris, but with a handful of other podcasts. We we've got uh ticket giveaways from the third bench. Shout out to Seth and everyone else involved in there. Hey. Uh We've got swag uh, giveaways and trade and such from uh, Proto Plutonian, hey! Evan M, many hey! other people involved. Come and join the Discord is the point here. Come and join the Discord. Ask Chris questions for Courtside Mondays. Ask us questions for the pod. And come and watch a game with us, too. It's going to be happening this season. All right. That's enough lovey-dovey support of all your awesome projects. Let's do this project now. Let's talk about the podcast. Let's start with some love hugs and hate mail. Where is your love going this week, Mr. Burkhart? Uh, it's going to Tegan. That's easy. Oh, of, of, of course. I probably should have answered that for you, really. Yeah, you should have, should have known. It's, go, it's going to my one week old. And and my wife. That, that, that makes sense. Hero. Absolutely, dude. I'm like, Congratulations to, to the whole family. I cannot wait to meet Tegan, man. It's very excited for you. Uh, in relative... Uh, <laughs> Relatively less shining love, although still love. I'm loving what we're seeing from Shaden Sharp and from Jeremy Grant. Our, our, our new Blazers have been exciting in a very weird preseason. Uh, yeah, let's just leave it there. We're going to talk more about that in a minute. How about your hugs? Where are you sending your hugs this week? Yusuf Nurkic. He's had a rough preseason. I think he needs one. He needs, a pick, he needs a pick-me-up. Giving him a hug. He does, there is man. a difference between he, loves he, and he, hugs. Die mad. Hey! <laughs> hey and this came up uh in in our in our discord before the episode started again listeners come and join the discord if you haven't already uh diamond was asking what exactly is the defin defining trace between love hugs and hate mail and so we went over all that and you know to be honest i i usually try and keep my love hugs and hate mail pretty private but i may have kind of previewed it in there when we were talking to him so my <laughs> hugs uh like i said in the discord are going to the fans that are hating on preseason it's just preseason guys it's it's just not that big of a deal we've had bad preseasons before and been fine we've had we've seen plenty of other teams that have had bad preseasons and had a fine season we've seen the sacramento kings i think have gone undefeated the last two preseasons and that didn't really show up much for them uh didn't really carry over for them in the regular season so uh all you fans that are freaking out right now over five um can't even really call it five basketball nba basketball games because it's it's there's like Two halves among those five games. Two halves where we played a fairly normal lineup and rotation as far as minutes go. So I'm 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 not I'm not worried yet. How about your hate? Any any hate going around this week? After all the awesome love with the new show, with the new baby, with the family, like is there any hate in your heart at all? You know, this is just a week where as of right now, we, it might change as we get through the podcast, but there's just there's too much love in the Burkhart house right now. I just I don't got a lot of hate today. No hate. That seems fair, man. That seems fair. 
if I was going to really reach for some hate, my hate is going towards, from preseason, the disjointed defense that we have seen probably means that the team is going to have a slow start, which probably means there's going to be more doubters, more more haters, more people freaking out about early uh, returns. And so, so my hate is going towards, like, come on, man, we couldn't have had just some awesome defensive showing some sort of real chemistry pop up to be like oh that that's something to be proud of right there that's something that we can lock in on and be happy about we didn't see it so my hate mail is going towards the blazers maybe as much as preseason doesn't matter kind of squandering the preseason to just give us something to hope for that's it though uh so at this point chris i had you know with with all of your family emergencies and <laughs> new jobs and all this other extensive stuff uh last week i had uh i think god Probably the first solo episode I've done in a long time. I'm generally not a fan of of Bro. just talking to myself. I much prefer talking to you or talking to other people on Discord. I, I I feel like I did pretty well last week. I feel like it went pretty well. I feel like I talk too fast when you and I are going back and forth, just because I'll get excited and get worked up. When I went and listened to my uh, to our last episode last week, when it was just me talking, I was on such a hundred mile an hour tear as far as like how fast I was speaking. I put extra notes in here. At the top of my outline today, talk slow. And I'm still going too fast because I get excited when I'm talking to you and I'm excited about the season here. But yeah, the, 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 the big thing is we had the solo show last week and I gave all my kind of preseason reviews. Mm -hmm. This week, we're no longer doing reviews, we're doing previews. I don't even care about the last two preseason games that happened after I uh, dropped the last episode. The preseason is behind us. I want to move past the preseason. What we are here for now, Chris, is season predictions. I want to talk about the lineup. I want to talk about how you're feeling, uh, you know, like what kind of expectations we can set. If we look back on these in two months and it is a blown prediction, I will only lean into you a little bit on it. I won't be too hard about right. it. Oh, I, I'm, I'm not saying you're changing up your perspective. I'm just saying no fence riding today. I don't want any, uh, I don't know. I don't want any multiple answers. I, if, if I ask you a question, I I, I expect uh, the, the, the straight answer. Like if I say, what is your bank account? Uh, number. I, I want you just to start listing off numbers. No, now hold on a second or any of that. You know, it, just just give me See, straight answers. My bank account is set up. <laughs> I have a check-in and a savings. Yeah, exactly. all my money is in my savings. I don't know if it'll go through. <laughs> so speaking of Kevin Hart, the starting forward position has been officially announced. Josh Hart, not Kevin, but Josh Hart, is officially the Blazers' starting forward, uh, according to Chauncey. Chris, Josh Hart is a small forward over Nasir Little over Justice Winslow, is this the right choice? Yes, it is the right choice. Winslow there, if you're looking for maybe a little bit of defensive uh, punch at, at times, I think that makes sense. I actually think it makes more sense in the long run to find ways to get Winslow at power forward and slide Jeremy Grant down to the... Uh, I am still mm. hard on the I believe Jeremy Grant can play and play well at small forward. I know there are a lot of people that disagree with that, uh, but that's why it's an opinion, not a fact. So shut your mouth. Be alone. <laughs> um, I think you can do that. The thing here with Josh Hart is, if you look at him and Nasir Little right now, Josh Hart is the better player. I think Definitely. I think a lot of Without people still want Nasir to be that guy. And I think Nasir can. Nasir has even admitted already through the preseason. It's been hard getting back into the groove, taking all that rust off. He's missed a lot of action, guys. So it's going to take time. And maybe at some point, you know, he gets slotted into that lineup. But right now, Josh Hart's the better player. The tough part about that to me, Keith, is I think, I still think Josh Hart almost plays better in the second unit because there's less, uh, there's less to go around. There's less yeah. question marks as to who's going to take the shot, who who's be the guy. And I think he, in the second unit, gets a little bit more usage and then allows himself to get to a little bit more of a groove. Uh, offensive not not even though just the shooting chris but the playmaking I, I we've talked before in the past one of the big things that blazers fans have been so pissed about over the neil era the redundancy between dame and cj not playing them separate from each other but having kind of you know too much of a redundant skill set in the starting lineup well now you have either three of our best play our, our top three playmakers or our four best playmakers if you include nurkic are all starters and it does seem like Beyond the shooting, like you're mentioning, you could do so much more bringing Josh Hart off the bench as opposed to having him play next to Simons and Dame. Yeah, and, and, and that's where the weird logic is, right? Because uh, we've had this conversation with Chad already, and it's like, you don't want to put the... Why would you put the better guy on the bench? I think sometimes that's just where, even if he's more talented, I think that's just where his skill set fits. 
I mean, look at look at exactly. Lou Williams. Like Lou Williams is 100 yeah. percent a starting caliber player, but he made his career by being a six man. So just where he fit. Same with Manu Ginobili and Jamal Crawford, right? Like these these guys, mm -hmm. they're starters. Mm -hmm. They just fit better within the second unit. And I think the second unit is going to need some of that veteran leadership in the long run. Because right now, I mean, yeah, they're yes, they are vets, right? Air quotes. But I mean, there's a difference between your vet when your vet is Josh Hart versus your vet being GP2. Um, right. And Absolutely. right now with how these rotations might play out, there's going to be a lot of Keon, a lot of Shaden Sharp, a lot of Trenton Walker. These are all young, young guys. I mean, do you really want your bench being for all intent? And I know you're probably going to ask where to get into it, but let's just throw this out there for the hell of it. But do you really want your bench being uh, Keon, Shaden, GP2, Trendon Wofford, and Olivier Saar? And so you're, 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 you're like, oh so, so, so you're, that sounds yeah, so, so, so your bet is GP on that in that group? And I didn't even say Nasir Little, guys, which is the stupidity of me at the moment. Oof. Oh, jeez. Oh but even gosh. that, okay, yeah. so, so okay, you're not going Olivier Saar. You're, okay. Still. You're going Keon, Shaden, GP, Nasir, and Trenton Wofford. Yeah, that's still not much better. That's, 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 that's still, not an, that's I mean, still you're an incredibly... getting Olivier Saar out of that rotation. Yeah, but but you're still, the, the point is, no matter who you're throwing, maybe you're, okay, you, you take Saar out, you put Greg Brown in. You take Greg Brown out, you put Drew Eubanks in. Regardless, the point is right now that bench is young. That is a young, young bench. So I would I would feel like I said, I, I like Josh Hart there. I think it's the right move right now. I still wouldn't be shocked if by the time the season goes and Nasir really gets those legs back under him, it just makes more sense to put him in with that starting lineup and then have that just grizzled vet that you can trust be the quarterback of that second unit. We're going to come back to this kind of argument uh, later in the pod too because we have a question from uh alex about penny simons coming off the bench and so we can kind of we'll, we'll bring we'll bring, bring this back around but as far as consequences if if josh hart is going to be the starter let's say they try to balance it by bringing him off the floor first right so maybe then you it allows you to get minutes in for Nas or for sharp or, or some of these other small forward kind of wing players we have you got to assume josh hart is the closer as well right oh yeah uh, so it's, i i think i think immediately if you're assuming he's a starter and the closer it starts to, to to detract from how much he can play with that second unit, like we're saying would be ideal. So I don't think you can really have him play with that second unit in this role. And so I, I just I, I'm I'm curious how long this lasts. I'm curious if, like you said, if at some point we see where it just makes more sense for Nas to start. But yeah, the problem is right now Nas just honestly of of Nas and and Winslow and Hart uh, for that kind of starting small forward uh, uh, competition in the preseason. Nas probably looked the worst, yeah, man. Be. Like we didn't even see that much of Winslow, but he looked way more solid. Yeah, it was. It shouldn't shouldn't have been close. We're gonna see how the rotations it work shouldn't. out here. I mean, I think you're putting a, people are putting a lot of weight on the starting five. I mean, maybe Josh Hart. Yes. Maybe Josh Hart starts, but he's the very first. Like kind of like you were just saying, he's the very first guy in the lineup subbed out, so that he gets a lot of good run with that second unit, and then gets breaks so that he can be in the closing lineup. It's just it's just hard to me in in that sense because we have so many small fours that need to get some minutes somewhere, and so if he's definitely getting the starting minutes and he's most likely usually getting the ending minutes, it's I mean like for him to fill in any minutes in the middle is just taking away from room for yeah. But you I, also it just doesn't seem like the best balance. We talk so much at, about balance on the roster. But also look at how some of those rotations ran in in the preseason there, and it's one thing that I've been saying for a while that I like him there. I'm surprised not a lot of people have thought about it but you did see nasir little as a small ball four during the preseason so he's got they're gonna find ways to get him in at the four throughout the season okay and also you talk about josh hart um and how you have so many small forwards you also got to remember too josh hart is probably not even probably he's he's more of a historical two so he's going to be able to play shooting guard. He's going to be able to play small forward. He has time under his belt as a power forward in crunch minutes as well. And you might even put him in a point guard in certain situations, just allow him to run. So it's not like he is is limited to just small forwards. You're going to be able to still get your Winslow, get your get your Nasir Little in, get your Sharps and Keons in, uh, no problem throughout the game. It doesn't seem like it's the most balanced they could be with skill sets like we're talking about right now. But yeah, the, the issue is you also got to balance with where players are at. And right now, Josh Hart, just he's just more ready. Yep. All right. So uh, 
next line of question. Let's change directions a little bit, change angles on this. Predictions on points per game. Jeremy Grant, what are you thinking? I think he's going to probably sit right at about 18, 18 to 20. 18 20? Yep. Shade and Sharp on the other end of the uh, spectrum. Like, because again, this is more of a. We're talking to someone maybe who's more out of the rotation, but someone that fans are very excited I want, about. I, I have been arguing this uh, nonstop on the Rip City Drive and game day and courtside and everywhere. So if you listen to me on those radio stations, with please, you should. You would hear this. So I'm, again, I told you, I'm not going to change. My answers don't change. I don't waver. <laughs> um, there's already arguments on Shade and Sharp that absolutely blow my mind, Keith. And you're getting them from uh, insiders who cover this team, like Aaron Fentress, who want to go out there and argue that it's not best right now to put him on the court because it's going to take time to develop him and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> the best way to develop a player, especially a guy who hasn't played in a while because there's no call. Yeah, he went to Kentucky, but he didn't play. Uh, is to get him on the court. And when people go, oh, well, this team's trying to win now, blah, blah. I, I give you an example in Kobe freaking Bryant, okay? And the reason I bring up Kobe is not because I think Shaden Sharp is Kobe-esque. It's because Kobe Bryant was drafted by Charlotte. He was then traded to the Lakers. He was traded to a Laker team that had won 50 games the previous season. A Laker team that was still in win-now mode. A Laker team that went out and won 56 games his rookie year. A Laker team that had Nick Van Exel and Eddie Jones and what, Jerome Kersey was on that team? Like, they had ballers still at the positions that Kobe would play. Kobe Bryant averaged 15 minutes a game and seven points. And let me tell you what, Kobe Bryant did not look good his rookie year. He did not look good. <laughs> But if a team that can go out and win 56 freaking games and is in win-now mode looks at that guy and goes, it is best for us to find a way to get our lottery pick or the lottery pick that we traded for on the floor to develop because he's coming right out of high school, doesn't have that college game behind him. We need to get him on the court and we know he might make mistakes and it's probably not going to cost us a game, but it might. But we need to get him on the floor. What the hell do the Blazers have to lose? <laughs> that Kobe Bryant-esque year that he had, which is very similar to Tracy McGrady, who I've seen people compare him to Tracy McGrady. And of all the player of yeah. all the player comps that I've seen, Tracy McGrady is the one that I think fits the most. And I'm not talking it's a I'm good not one. talking yeah. uh prime Tracy McGrady yet, but you just you just, no, no, like rookie, you just first, look at year. how Tracy McGrady moved and his athleticism and how he developed in his rookie year. That's what I see exactly. in Shaden Sharp right now is a, is a rookie Tracy McGrady. Where he goes from there is yet to be known, but he reminds me of a rookie Tracy McGrady. And on a 16-win team in Toronto in his rookie year, Tracy McGrady, Kobe Bryant route, averaged about 15 minutes per game and seven points. And that is what I want from Shaden Sharp. He needs to be playing at least 15 minutes a night. 15 minutes a night, but, but seven, we're talking seven points, points per game. You're saying seven, seven, seven points eight a game? points per okay. night, I think, is plenty for him at this point. If he goes better than that, great. Absolutely great. But you got to get him on the floor first. Joe Cronin and the team have been very clear this is not a contending year. This is another year for building. And I know that's not what people want to hear. But, Chris, you and I have been very clear about this as well on the podcast. No one turns around from the historic tanking we did last year, from winning 27 games in the season, and then turns that into a contending season the very next year. There, there was going to be building. There always was going to be. And Cronin has been, again, has been open about that. So if we're openly still building why wouldn't it make sense like i i want to see some competitive basketball there, there's a difference between competitive basketball and contending basketball like i want to see competitive ball with dame with nerk yeah. with our established pieces and, but i want to see pieces like sharp and 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 grant like get their fit yeah, and, and that's why that's why i bring up kobe again not because of of a talent comp but mm. it's just because the lakers were the complete opposite of building they were in a championship mm, window that right they honestly right. felt that and, and they, they still found a him. way to get their rookie on the court. Get Shaden Sharp on the floor. Another points per game question, real quick. Nurk versus Penny. Penny. You're 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 giving the hard edge to Penny. There's not even a question in your mind that. Nope. I don't think that's debatable. That's fine. Nurk versus Jeremy. Jeremy. Because I think Jeremy 
scores more than Penny. Oh, oh, okay, okay. So you are putting Jeremy in there as as the clear second option then. You're a, not putting, a, a, uh, he's been Penny incredibly consistent in the preseason for mm. them early. Yeah, he's shown his ability to score. He's hitting from every spot. He's super athletic. He's been pretty good defensively. There are samples where he is he's the best point of attack defender for his teams, defending dudes like LeBron, like Kawhi yeah, Harris. Like, but, and I think he's going to find some great usage with this team. My gut on Penny tells me I, I, I'm feeling a massive downtick in production from him. Mm. And it's not an indication of his overall talents, but I, I, I'm feeling like he's like a 17 points per night guy right now. And the reason I feel that is because there's obviously a huge learning curve to him to playing next to Dame. I think that's been obvious in the the limited amount of minutes they played together during the preseason. Yep. Yeah, it's not going to be last you year, look, Penny. You, it's going to be Penny having to learn to play next to other dudes. Uh-huh. You also look at CJ McCollum, right? And yeah, CJ McCollum was a bucket getter. But at no point did they have an offensive balance of guys who could score with the rock in their hand than they do now. Like, of course, C.J. McCollum was going to go out and get 20-plus every single night because the uh, the team's other options were Mo Harkless and Alfred Camino. <laughs> like, Jeremy, yeah. Jeremy Grant is such a better scorer than those two guys and such a better scorer than Norman Powell and Robert Covington and Zach Collins and the other guys who have played in that position, right? And Hart is a more consistent shooter as well than a lot of those guys and is going to find his. And then secondly, you look at C.J. McCollum, Keith, how much different and more efficient did CJ McCollum play when he was on the floor with Dame versus when Damian Lillard was out and he was slotted into that it's point guard position? Game. He, he yeah. completely he was changed his game, was player. far more efficient, scored, threw, had, had more assists, everything. He just looked like a more well-rounded player. And so I don't want to get yeah. too far over the skis here with Ant going, oh, the guy averaged 25 points a game and last year in, but yeah, he did it in a lineup that just needed him to. And he wasn't playing alongside yeah, he, Dame. No one else was going yeah, he to. He wasn't playing alongside Dame. He wasn't playing alongside Jeremy Grant. He wasn't playing alongside Yusuf Nurkic for these stretches. And so I think his game is going to take a little bit to adjust to that. Look, I, if we hadn't seen his blow up in the second half of the season, if, if, if the first half of the season happened and then things just got shut down and we just kind of time warped towards where we are now, yeah, you could expect him to improve. But I think if you took... The second half of last year, Penny Simons versus the first half of last year, Penny Simons. We're probably looking at closer to the first half than the second half. And I would agree with you. And the first half of the season, he was about a 17, 18 point per game guy. There you and go. And in the, le- the second exactly. half of the season, he was higher 20s. Like, you're hoping that you'll see more than that from him now because we've had a chance for him to improve and grow as a player. And you're, so you're hoping there's like value in that. But like you said, we now have more weapons. There's just less opportunity for him to take advantage than there was before. Yeah. Similarly, though, Chris, you mentioned uh, Josh Hart. There's been some concern preseason here with Josh Hart's shooting. We saw, similar to what you said with, with Simons, we saw Simons really blow up in the second half of last season. We saw Josh Hart take over games in the second half of last season. What are we going to see from him here? How, what's, what's Josh Hart's uh, points per game? And are you concerned about his shooting opportunities in, kind of the, in the system with the full roster? Uh, I am not concerned with Josh Hart in the least. Um, what will concern me with him is how he's used because there's not as many shots for Josh Hart within that starting lineup. But in the second unit, yeah. you can know that he's like your, your go-to or your secondary scorer, and you know that he's going to get those shots. And he's a rhythm shooter of any of these players. Like if he can get into a rhythm, he can, he can really shine. So it's about how you use him. But you look, uh, I, I think you're going to get the Josh Hart that you got in New Orleans. You're not going to get the Josh Hart that you got the second half of the year in Portland where he was averaging almost 20 per night. And, and you look at the stats uh, prior to the trade, he was averaging 13.4 points and his eight rebounds, yada, yada, yada. He shot uh, 32% with New Orleans. Not great. Had a much higher percentage with Portland. But his average is, is mid threes. So I think you're still going to have some inconsistent nights. But I think when it's all said and done, he's averaging probably 13 points per game. Uh, let's just say 14 since 13 is an unlucky number. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's where, you're, that's where you're at with Josh Hart. And if that's what he's giving you, I think it's uh, very, very productive. Because th- at the end of the day, I know these numbers sound low. Oh, Ant's not going to score less than 20 or Hart. Right, right, right. If you can get Dame at his usual 25 to 30 and you get Ant at 17 to 20 and you get Grant at where I put him at at about 18, 
um, and then you get Heart at 13, 14, and you still get Nurk giving you 12, I don't think anyone's going to complain if all five of your starters are averaging double figures, no matter where that number Double is. figures? That's a pretty good, off efficient scoring lineup. It's the bench that scares me moving forward. I heard this brought up on uh, Mike Richmond's Locked On podcast. Someone asked him about Blazers starters averaging old uh, double figures. The last time that happened, I believe he said it was 2014. So, yeah, it's, it's not common for no. all five starters to, to score like that. It's not. And for us to have that kind of diverse weaponry is a big deal. It would be valuable. I think you have a lineup that could this year. There's defensive questions, and there's questions with the second unit. Um, but I still can't look at this lineup, Keith, even with the bad preseason, uh, I can't look at this lineup and feel super, super concerned about the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Who's the better passer between Nurkic and Simons? Flip a coin. Flip a coin? Flip a coin. Here's the thing. I, I haven't seen it from, from, I haven't seen it from Simons yet. I, I feel like Nurk is... I, I, Nurk doesn't get as many opportunities, and so I feel like his or maybe it's, it's a little kind of like there's more variance because it's you know smaller sample. But he, I don't think Simon's passed the same way yet. This is the reason I say flip a coin, because if you ask, if you frame the question differently, okay, mm, if you ask totally. me who has better vision and ability to distribute the ball, it's Yusuf Nurkic. If you ask me who has a more consistent pass on his assist attempts. It's Ant, because the mm. reason I flipped that coin is because while Nurkic, I think, is the better passer overall, like better skilled passer, I don't see a lot of but not I don't see a lot of lazy passes from Ant, and I see lazy mm. passes from Nurk. So that's where why I feel like that's and, why yeah, I feel okay. like that's where they start to balance out. Like Nurk, not only like Nurk doesn't even force a pass; it's more like that pass needed to be thrown in there at full speed, but I threw a half speed pass and it got picked off easily because it was a lazy pass. And that is frustrating to yes, watch. Yes, because I do, <laughs> I, do think of, I think of anybody <laughs> on the team, I think he has the best vision as a passer. Mm. Like, he, I think he has better vision. Which is I, nice I think, from a big yeah, man. I think, you could, I think there's arguments that he has better vision than, he, than even Dame, who is your main assist man. But I Dame so does not throw a lot of lazy passes. He makes sure the Dame is fundamentally yeah. sound. Like a lot of he his, like a right. lot of his yeah. turnovers come in like a one-on-one situation, or the ball goes behind the back, guy picks it off, going around a pick. Like it's not a lot. It's not a lot of. There is a score down low. I threw an entry pass that got picked off. It's not right. There's a lot of that. He, with Nurk. He's efficient. He doesn't make mistakes like that. I don't think yeah, so. And, and Nurk is certainly Nurk is certainly more prone towards those kind of. Uh, the risky passes and and like you said, the kind of unfortunately kind of the half-ass yeah. passes, and that's probably so one that's of the why I would say for flip, I, I would say holding flip him back. a coin there um, with him. Okay. I think there's some interesting things about Ant's game. Um, I think that's why he's going to slot well in the long run next to Dame. I think there's going to be speed, there's going to be bumps to come out the gate here, uh, but in the long run, I think he can slot well next to Dame because I think if you get the ball out of his hand and don't rely on him to be that go-to passer or a shot creator for other people, um, I think it's going to benefit his game and his skill set just a little bit more. Let me change uh, the wording of the question a little <laughs> bit this way. H- higher assist-to-turnover ratio, Penny or Nurkic? Uh, I think it's going to... I think the, the worst ratio is going to be Nurk just because I think he's going to be called on to pass more, and I think he's more prone to turnovers, not oh. only... Uh, in his passes, but you've seen it right now, and it's the biggest bugaboo with him. If you're a fan, is how many times does he get into the paint and then bricks for hands turns that ball over because he just uh, <laughs> so he's gonna have a lot of turnovers, man. He's gonna have a lot of turnovers, uh, but I still think yeah. again, coin flip. It's such a it's, it's such a good question, honestly, Keith. Because like you said, sample size, so many factors. Uh, they both excel at passing, but in different parts of the passing game. Different passing like, games. And, yeah. and it's not going to be called upon to pass the ball as an assist man as much as he was last year because he's going to be playing more exclusively too. I know you told me to not sit on the fence, but that's such a such a tough question. And no, 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 such a tough question. That, to that, like, that, okay, we've talked uh, starting lineup kind of rotations. We've talked points per game. We've talked passing. Let's talk minutes. We're going to rapid fire some of this because we got maybe a little bit more than twenty minutes. Yeah, we got about twenty, a little less than maybe a little more. It's all good. Okay. Um, okay. flexible. More minutes, Greg Brown or Jabari Walker? 
this one is not going to be steeped in like any insight or information or anything I know. I don't think either one of them's getting a ton of run, but if I had to put my nose on it, I think it's Jabari Walker because Greg Brown's not that good, guys. He's not. <laughs> uh, I mean, Greg Brown has skills, man. Greg he's just Brown like, is. He's got physical skills. Greg and... Brown is athletic. I yes. just don't think he's, he's athletic. He's, okay. he's just okay. not a baller. He's not a hooper. Mm. We saw this last year, Keith. Nobody in the first two weeks of the year would have argued that Trendon Wofford's playing over Greg Brown because everyone's like, Greg Brown needs to go. Greg Brown, Greg. Oh, right. he, he, he gets off a oh, really yeah. good dunk, and now he's really good. And you and I have seen it firsthand in person. You watch it. We saw it during Summer League. He has athletic skill. He does not have the knowledge for the game at this level, like, right? Yeah. I think Walker... Yeah. The footwork. Walker does not have the athleticism that Greg Brown does. But he's better on the defensive the side of the ball in particular because his IQ mm. for that side of the ball is is pretty high for being a second round yeah. guy. Like, so yeah, right. I don't think either one well, of them. And, and even that's only yeah. because he, he, even that part is only because he fell to fifty seven. Like he was mm-hmm. projected as like a twentieth uh, pick, like a first round, like a late first round pick. I think they're close I, yeah, together. I'm, I'm with you. That's yeah, they're close together on the pecking order. But if I had to pick one, I think it's. Walker, because again, I'm just not sold on Greg Brown. I'm with that, man. Again, we're talking about it essentially being basketball IQ over athleticism, and that's the kind of basketball I want to see. I want to see smart ball with smart plays and not making mistakes as opposed to guys who are just out there just kind of trying to jump out of the gym. Uh, Okay, so if you're saying Walker over Brown, then same question. Most minutes between Jabari Walker or Olivier Saar? Wow. Oh, wow, wow. Because I feel like Olivier Saar is kind of being lined up where before last year, at least, we had Greg Brown as kind of this fringe bench player, like bench big, bench four or five. Uh, Olivier Saar, at least in the preseason, he really seems to have maybe I think he's past Greg Brown. notched out that. I yeah, he's past I think so Greg too. Brown for sure. I think if the last two rotations then in the last two games are any indication, I think he might be lining himself up for a two-way deal to spend time up at the up the level and when he is he might find ways to get on the court over through eubank which would be really interesting um but Mm. if you have to factor in the fact that if he does make the roster right now it's as a two-way guy and if they signed him for the full year they'd have to end up cutting someone i don't know who that person is so then i'd have to say greg brown gets more minutes just because of one of them is on the roster at this point the other one's not yeah, one of them is locked in. Okay, that, I, that's fair. I could see that. Um, it is tough though, cause yeah, Sar is he's 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 vocal. He's a defensive player. He seems to be pretty good IQ as as far as we do it on the court so far in the preseason. But again, it's preseason, so we'll yeah, see. Yeah, but you see, Next, you uh, can see things that you can see things from him that you like, regardless of outcome or regardless of box yeah. score. And one thing I like about him is even if he wasn't getting a block or really affecting the shot, he had no fear in attempting to stop a shot at the rim. Yeah. He was going and up for it. And then you compare yeah, that to Nurk, man. who's like, okay, I'm not going to jump. I'm just going to watch the guy. I don't want to hurt myself because I just signed <laughs> a big deal. Like, I, 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 Yeah, those are little things that you like. I like his motor a lot. Gary Payton or Nasir Little? Gary Payton. You, you, don't, you think GP2 is getting more missed than Nas, hands down? I think healthy GP is one of your biggest assets on that bench. And as mm. I said last okay. night on the fifth quarter, I think one thing that people are are not seeing with GP is I don't know if you're going to get the same GP that you got in Golden State because that was just right. the perfect, perfect lineup with the way they ran that team. Last year in Golden State, GP2 career bests of 7.1 points, 3.5 rebounds, 1.4 steals in 17.6 minutes. All three of those points, rebounds, and steals uh, career highs and and minutes too. All four were career highs, and he's doing that on like sixty one percent shooting, thirty five from deep, uh, only sixty from the free throw line. That could be worked on. Biggest thing though, Chris, last year when he started with uh, uh Golden State, first year playing more than thirty games in a season mm-hmm. where he played seventy one. All other years he's only played thirty, and he only started sixteen games. So this is not some dude who is consistent and locked in in the sense. You he know, is I, though. I just, I feel no. He is though. The only re- the only is. reason he wasn't playing uh, go- the games the other seasons because he wasn't making rosters, and he wasn't making rosters because he was trying to get on teams that needed a little more offensive punch from him. He just didn't deliver it. 
he he ended up getting into the perfect situation in Golden State because the way they run, they could utilize his skill set to the absolute best. And I think with that gave him a vote of confidence that, you know what? I can play in this league. And some players need that. Mm. He admitted uh, has admitted yeah. as much as much to us. Uh, uh, same with Drew Eubanks last year. He, he had a vote of confidence that he belongs here. And, and that's that's huge for a guy. Now. Okay, so he, the big thing, though, Go, go ahead, go ahead. No, he's go going to get seven points per game. Probably, maybe less. Maybe he only scores six. He's not going to be a scorer, okay? Uh, but right. what people are underselling his value to this team is everyone talks about him being a good one-on-one defender, which he absolutely is. The team needs defense. He's going to do that. But where did the Blazers get absolutely destroyed in the preseason? On the defensive end with the second unit in particular. Destroyed. And what do they lack on that? You're seeing the second you got worse. Yep. Yeah. And what do they lack on the defensive unit on either side, whether it's first unit or second unit? A quarterback. Someone who knows where to be, when to be there, can direct people. So you, when, when, when. Call, yeah, when, someone, when, someone speaking on When defense. GP gets on that court, not only is he going to be your best defender, he's going to give you someone who is going to be able to tell Ant, tell Dame, tell Nurk, tell Grant, tell Nasir, tell Winslow, tell everyone. Here, 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 rotate, switch, stay, back. Everything you need to do to you got tri- screen coming left. So there's a know, huge yeah. amount of knowledge that he's going to be able to bring to I think I think the defense that we've seen in the preseason will be vastly improved the minute he gets on the floor. And not just because he's a good one-on-one defender. I think there's a knowledge base that he he's going to be able to bestow upon people. From a communication standpoint and you paid him all that money in the offseason i know you uh, people like everything from nasir but i think there's going he's going to be a huge huge value to them interestingly enough for people who listened to the pregame show on radio yesterday uh not my pregame show the one that follows me which is with mike lynch and it's the actual trailblazers radio show he had casey hold all on and casey a little behind the scenes and all i just said uh, when they go to practice, they divide by position groups, which is true. And he said that that for large chunks of practice, Gary Payton is practicing with the with the bigs, with the forward. Hmm. So you're going to see him okay. a lot of the, like you're going to. I think you're going to see situations, Keith, where Gary Payton might be the first bit, first player off the bench for Ant. You slide you slide Jeremy Grant or uh, you slide Josh Hart to shooting guard. And you let Gary Payton play small forward because that's where he's going. He's going to fit there oh. very, very good defensively. Defensively, he's going to be able to guard those forwards. So there's, there's a little. Like, I I know it sounds weird because you're giving me a look like mm, I don't see it. You're. I think you're going to see it, and I think there's so much value in what he brings there. I, I think I do think he's getting more minutes. I know you don't like to hear it, but I do. Prove no, me no, wrong, no. Nasir. Prove me wrong, Nasir. Because if because <laughs> in order to prove me wrong, you have to get back to the form you were showing before you were sat for the year. And if you get back to that form, you are well on your way to being exactly what Portland needs and to getting a ton of minutes anyway. To, to be clear, it's not even that I don't think you're right about uh, what Gary Payton can do. I, I think it makes sense, especially the kind of playing up with the bigs like that. I, I like it. And it's unusual, but I like it. I, I think where I'm really hung up, though, is the idea that he played 17 minutes a game last year with Golden State to get that seven points a game, the three rebounds, one 1.4 assists, whatever. I don't see him getting 17 here. Just I, I just don't I just don't know where the 17 is going to come from. Maybe it could come from more if he's playing up position. So I so I no longer should be thinking about him just getting guard minutes essentially, or even wing minutes in that way. For a, for, for a guy who can essentially play four positions, I can very easily see 17. Okay. Tonight. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I, you know, you put it that way. I could see it. And again, I think maybe part of this is just the bias of not having seen him at all in the preseason. So it's hard to kind of figure out exactly where he's going to fit. But I like this idea. I like the idea of doing something a little unconventional. And if he, if he's going to be a guard body that plays up with more of the the wings to the bigs, uh, good. Throw some people off. Like throw a little wrench in some teams. Uh, planning for it. I, I like it. <laughs> We have a question from Alex. And so, listeners, again, this is coming from Alex of the Unbiased Blazers podcast. He is part of our Discord, as well as having their own Discord. But on the Trailcaster Discord, we have a whole handful of other podcasts. We got Chris and the Rip City Radio Connections. We got, you know, me and, you know, all the, all the, all the, 
I, I bring some stuff, I think, maybe. Uh, but point being, we have lots of people on there, lots of fans that want to talk, lots of podcasters, lots of informed uh, perspectives. Without all the toxicity of other social media platforms you get on Twitter and on Reddit and the rest, come and join the Discord. And from Discord, not only can you get involved in all of our chats on the latest TV shows and movies, music, Star Wars, poker, pets, uh, our teams, the Blazers, the NBA, Timbers, Thorns. We've got merch exchange, discounts from local vendors, ticket giveaways, the third bench fan group, bringing fans together at home games and watch parties all season, getting involved in live episode recordings with us. All of that, plus you can ask questions to Chris uh, and me and all, all the awesome stuff I bring, like I said, but mostly you can ask questions to Chris and you know that's what Alex is doing right here. So Alex is the question, Chris. What is your opinion on Penny Simons coming off the bench? I know, Alex says, I know he said he didn't like that idea, but it seems to be a hot-button issue around the Blazers fans right now. And he's, he's, he's not wrong. It's been something that, like, people... I know it's something that we came up with CJ. Uh, of like, hey, why not, instead of playing Damon and CJ together, why not have CJ running the bench unit? The same kind of thing is coming up again with Simons, where it's like, hey... You know, it, it just like like I said earlier, having Dame and Simons and Josh Hart, all the our three playmakers, and even Nurkic, our four best playmakers in his starters, seems kind of inefficient. So people are asking, why not bring this dude that we're paying a whole lot of money? Why not bring him off the bench? Asinine. It's asinine. <laughs> but it's it's still it's it, there's a theoretical uh, value uh, to uh, it. Is uh, all uh, I'm uh, saying. Shit. No. <laughs> no, I, I I know everyone is into their 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 MCU and multiverses, but this is a multiverse that not even they want to touch because it's that stupid. You th- you're you're just blo- you're saying there's no value at all. There's no even theoretical uh, uh benefit just, of bringing gave, Simons off the bench. Gave, the, you, you you just gave this guy twenty plus million dollars to ride your bench. Has there been any indication from Ant? The logic between the the logic of putting Ant on the bench is pe- people saying, "Oh, firepower, bench needs it." Boom, put him there. It's completely different logic than we said no, that tonight. No, it's completely different logic than Josh Hart because okay. the logic the Tell logic of Josh the logic of Josh Hart is that Josh Hart has has proven uh, multiple times when you watch him play. If there's less shooters and less question marks about who's the, who the play is going through. He finds his shot easier and gets in a rhythm slightly easier. That's the argument there. Okay. Not, oh, he's so talented, you have to put him on the bench. So I, I like him with less playmakers around him because it, it allows the ball to flow through him more often and for him to get into a rhythm. That's a different argument than saying put your most talented player on the bench because you need a fire, you need firepower. Like I'm not talking about how it improves like my logic for Josh Hart off the bench isn't because it drastically improves the bench. It's because I think as talented as he is in the starting lineup, I think it improves his efficiency as a shooter. That's my argument. It's different. I'm with you. That, okay, so putting that Ant sense. there is sense. just crazy. Damian Lillard always plays the first 12 minutes of the game, no matter what. And that means that your shooting guards get subbed out and that that guy ends up coming back in to what? Run the second unit. So you don't, have to, you don't have and, to and look, be the even, bench guy to run the second unit. And and that's even what Alex brought up in a follow-up to, to the question. He said, no matter what, Damon and him will play overlapping minutes. So it doesn't really does it really matter if he starts or not? Probably not. I get what you're saying with the difference, too, between bringing Josh Hart off the bench with the second unit makes his skills... It lets you get more out of his skills because he can do more when it's all running through him. But Simons, it sounds like what you're saying, Simons almost benefits more from having more skills around him. Both in the way that Dame benefits from having a player like Simons on the catch and shoot, as well as maybe Simons, as he has these skills that maybe are not fully polished, having other guys around him that he can kind of defer to in the moment probably makes uh, it, it makes it less risky. I mean, again, I, I feel like there's, I get the theory of like why, like when you had redundant skills with Dame and CJ, I, I get the theory of like, hey, it's like what you're saying about Josh Hart, where why have these things that are redundant in the starting lineup where you could have CJ have more room to flex his own muscles. Yeah, but in I'm the, just saying, in you're, not, you're not paying a guy, you're not paying a guy now. $25 million a year to be your bench right. guy. And what kind of, what yeah. kind of, what kind of message does that send to any potential free agents too? Like, oh, come here, sign with us. You're going to be our starter until you're not. Ha 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 We're going to put you on the bench. Like, it's just dumb. <laughs> and the talent gap at this point in time between between Ant and anyone else is abundant. Yeah. 
No, it, it, it's, it's not. It's not like he's. It's not like we have some other two guard who's going to come in and be like a so the starting old, quality the, two the, guard. The right other now. logical spot, if you put Ant on the bench, then the logical starting lineup. Okay, just right off the top of your head, the logical Dame starting lineup is Josh Hart. Dame, Hart, Little, Grant, Nurk, and that is not yeah, as exactly. good as Dame, Ant, Hart, Grant, Nurk. You've taken you've taken from your top end for no reason except to put a twenty million dollar guy on the bench. Why? Well, I I think again, it's the idea that. I think a lot of people are viewing the Hart and Simons thing as more similar. Where I, I, I'm with you, I see the difference you're setting up here. Where bringing Hart to the bench changes what he can do and gives him more room to, to flex and get his thing done. Who's a better player overall, Josh Hart or Anthony Simons, right now? Not 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 potential, but just like who's going to produce more this year? Overall, who's going to produce more? Who's a better player? It's probably Ant. We're to, I, I, a guy who can go out there and yeah. score 20, 20 plus a night, run your offense. Be, but Josh like, Hart can. But but Harkin score almost as many points a night, play way better on defense, do almost as good a job of playmaking. In this in this in, I, I, in, in this league offensively, Ant's skills are huge and hugely hugely sought after. Right, because very similar because to catch and shoot is valuable. Catch and, and shoot yeah, and like off offense the ball is worth and all that defense. stuff. I mean, in what in what the the league values, Ant's through the roof, through right. the roof. In what yeah, the I, I hear you on that. But on the floor, I, I'm just saying, like I I think. There's a lot of value to the balanced skill set, like what Josh Hart brings. And again, I'm, I am, I see the logic you're bringing here. I agree that if one were going to go to the bench versus the other, it makes more sense to have Josh Hart run the second unit than it would make sense to have uh, Penny run the second unit. But I can, I can see the theoretical. I'm not arguing that Hart yeah. is such a top end talent that it would make sense to put him on the bench so that they have firepower. I'm arguing that I like him on the bench because of how he particularly likes to play. I think you can get a more efficient Josh Hart in that role. That's a completely different right. argument than than the one people are trying to make for Ant, which is let's put Ant on the bench because he's he's really talented and that will give the bench firepower. No one has argued like no, to balance firepower. The, the argument yeah. has not been put him on the bench because it benefits his play style and you can get a more efficient Ant. That's not like that. no, and you're right. And, and so that that's that. You're right, that's and I, I agree. Like it's no, and and I I hear I'm I'm with you. I'm on the same page. Like it, it benefits Penny more to play next to talented players, where it benefits Josh Hart more to have room to play his own game. L okay, uh, let, yeah, let, that, let's I'm, let's let's take this. If you take Ant out of the equation, Ant is cannot be picked as an answer. Who are the two best passers on the Trailblazer? Damon Nurk. Damon Nurk. So if your two best passers are in the starting lineup, why would you put last season's most efficient catch and shoot three-point shooter, which means shooting the ball when it's passed to him? Why <laughs> would you not want him, their feet. Yep. why would you not want him on the floor with the lineup that has the most talented passers on it? So the guys right. who yeah, can yeah. most effectively get him the ball to his strength which is catch and shoot. So same thing I say with Josh Hart, right? On the bench, I think it it it, it really benefits his overall play style. He is he is such a talented player though that he he could you're going to put him anywhere he's going to be fine. So I don't know, I don't think there's like a necessarily a big drop off between starter Josh Hart and bench Josh Hart, right? I do would would argue though if he is the second option or the go-to option, he can find a little bit more efficiency in his game with that lineup. But Ant, if you put him in the second unit, then you're going to put him in a position where he's running the point far more often, which is ball in his hands. He is not as good at creating his own shot as a guy like CJ McCollum was. That's not as polished, evident. Right? Yeah. And you're going to put him on the floor with a Gary Payton, who is not like, yes, he's played point guard his entire career, but he's not made a living off being a great he's passer. Not a playmaker. Nasir Little yeah. has not shown his ability to be a playmaker from that that perspective. Neither has Justice Winslow or Olivier Saar or Drew Eubanks or Trendon Watford or Shaden Sharp. The only person that's really started to show a little bit of playmaking as a passer, honestly, has been Keon Johnson. Who had that unbelievable kind, kind of maybe Trenton Wofford too. I mean, you know, a little, okay, a little bit if you want to go with there. <laughs> the bottom line is that yeah, for Hart to come off the bench, it almost gives him more room to use his skill set. For Simons to come off the bench, it takes away a huge beneficial part of his skill set, which is that catch and shoot game, which he just won't have someone to play unless you're relying on 
Keon and Trent Watford to be feeding Simons the ball is just not going to work that way. Yep. All right. Uh, I do think, however, this question from Alex brings us right back to the start of the pod. So it sounds, Chris, like what you're saying is Josh Hart should not be the starting small forward. All right. We can get into that a whole nother time. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole nother no, just real, we'll dig into that just, hole again just later real quickly at this point for how the team is playing yes he should be by season's end there's a very good chance that Nasir is in that lineup and Josh Hart is, is coming off the bench in a six man role and the team's probably playing really really good at that point because they're maximizing efficiency from those players I agree they are going to be the most efficient looking eight seed in history <laughs> eight seed let's get there to six man we can do better than eight we're gonna get this going people are way too high on opposing teams that uh in in the west man there, there's there's a lot of other teams that have some some hurdles and some issues besides the blazers and people are not counting it the same but chris you and i i think overall are in pretty solid agreement through through most of this stuff Word. anything uh uh anything else you want to throw in here or are we uh call it good no i need a nap i'm tired <laughs> all right in that case i'm running i'm running on i'm case, running on fumes keith i'm running on fumes and gas is too expensive to fill up so you need you need an electric podcast maybe very, we can come up with that by next week would be a very very would be very portland of us to market this podcast as uh environmentally friendly the environment <laughs> the only environmentally <laughs> Look, we, friendly we, podcast in portland <laughs> We got our Leeds certification. Yeah. Chris, Chris's and Keith's recording uh, devices are actually set up to their Peloton. They have to they have to buy yeah. their own energy <laughs> to turn on their computer. I do have one thing we should end on, and it's surprisingly we did not send our hate mail here, so we're rounding back. We're ending this on hate mail. Piss off, Merritt Paulson. Off, Merritt Paulson. Oh my God, thank you. How do we not mention that? How do we not mention Timbers or, or Thorns? That whole issue going on. And I would say a quick reminder for all the fans out there who say uh, who who don't want to give the team their full support because they don't want to support Merritt Paulson and and the nonsense there. I would argue otherwise. Right. And, and right. Uh, Bella Bixby had a, a great tweet about it. But I think this yes. point in time, I think that the 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 Thorns uh, need your support more than ever because at mm. the end of the day they're the ones you're rooting for why why not show up to that arena and support them and honestly i think even if it puts another penny in merritt paulson's bank account i'm not upset with it because that penny the message far outweighed it in the end is that's filling providence park chanting loudly for 90 minutes however you want to show those women on the field that when everyone else turned their back, they have 20,000 plus who won't. And that's huge. Yeah. Bella's statement was awesome, man. Like what, what she said in exactly that same vein as far as just, uh, you know, the, the players have been going through this. Like it, it's all about Paulson and the leadership, but the players have borne a lot of the brunt, a lot of the weight of this. And they're still supposed to go out there and play. They're still supposed to go out there and just, just play the game as, as they would. So, yeah, like you said, more than ever, the players really feel like having the fan support for the players is m much more meaningful than having the fans protest the ownership. Go and support your, your thorns. Uh, <laughs> go and support your Timbers next season because their season is over. They are done. That was abrupt. But yes, go and support your thorns. Get ready for your Blazers. This is going to be a fun season. We have a lot to look forward to. We have a lot of lineup changes we'll be talking about, a lot of rotation stuff we'll be dealing with over the whole season. Lots more that you and I will get into, Chris, as well. We have things that didn't even, didn't even make the cut today. For now, though, in closing your audible listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, Chris Burkhart. Thank you, Odar, for these fat beats. And thank you, listeners, for a great listening. And also, thank you, all of you on Discord that help give us the content and all the awesome fun times. Please come and join the Discord if you haven't already. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City Basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you again, and please come back next week for the next edition of The Trailcasters. What? Sweet.